God is here. Well, those three words are so amazing and powerful to me. In fact, they're so amazing that I wrote a book about them called Three Words That Will Change Your Life. <laughs> if you want to check out the book, you can run over to timeofgrace.org backslash three words. Or you can just check out this series, uh, this Grace Talks, when this idea was simmering in my heart. I hope you enjoy these messages. More than anything, I hope you enjoy the power of God's presence. Remember, God is here. How would you feel if that person was here? Like if you could pick any person on the planet, any close friend, any family member, anyone you have a crush on, uh, your pet, your kid, your granddaughter, uh, your father who passed away, anyone alive, anyone who's passed on, if any person that you could pick would walk into the room, who would it be? And maybe it's that guy from work that you've kind of had a crush on for a while. What if he walked into the room and he looked at you and smiled? Or what if your, your grandson showed up unexpectedly? You know, your daughter lives out in California, but suddenly here he is and he's bumbling through the office and he gives you a, a big hug. How would you feel? What if your dog with the, with the fast-forward tail barked and, and ran into the room at the most unexpected time? Well, I have a feeling that you would feel something. You'd be comforted, you'd feel loved, you'd be excited, you'd be shocked, you'd be thrilled. If a friend, a family member, a celebrity, a loved one walked into the room, it would change you. You see, you and I know all about the power of the right person's presence. So here's my question for you, and, and it's a huge question. I mean, for me, it is the question above all questions. That the question is this. What do you think of God? Is your view, your mental image of God more exciting more thrilling, more comforting, more peaceful, more loving than your view of that person? Or is he less? So I think so much of what we view uh, church and religion and God in the Bible comes down to that question. Do you have this massive, thrilling, glorious God or some cheap, diminished version of him? You know, I wonder if that's why some of you haven't kind of walked away from the whole God thing. You know, people said you should repent of your sins, but sins seem kind of fun and God seems kind of boring. Or maybe people say that you should go to church to worship God, but if you have a small view of God, he doesn't seem worth worshiping. He doesn't seem worth sacrificing your time. Or if you're dealing with, with pressure at work or financial burdens or problems with your health, if I told you that, that God is here, but that God is small, small g, God, it wouldn't comfort you. It, it wouldn't thrill your heart. It wouldn't give you hope and a reason to get up and celebrate and worship and live. And that's why this week, I, I want to teach you one of my favorite sentences in the whole world. It's only three words, just nine letters long. The sentence is this, God is here. But I'm talking about a small g God. I'm not even talking about a technical capital G God. I'm talking about a caps lock, G-O-D, God is here. Because right before Jesus ascended into heaven, he said the most amazing thing. And if you believe in this kind of God, it will change you in all the right ways. In Matthew chapter 28, uh, Jesus said this. He said, Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I am with you. Not I will be with you. Not I'm going to be with you if you're good. I am with you always. And if you have a huge, thrilling, glorious view of God, those words will mean everything to you. You know, the other day, uh, some of you know Pastor Jeremy from Your Time of Grace. I had a chance to speak at the church service where he was installed as a brand new pastor. And there his wife and his family were sitting in the front row and I started to talk about the family dog. I said, imagine if your family dog you know, ran right down the aisle of this church. Somehow he, he got out of your home, he escaped, and here he was. And as I'm telling the story, I'm, I'm looking at his daughter's face and she's just beaming. 
Like just the thought of her dog, her dog wasn't even there. Just the thought of her dog changed her emotions and it changed her day. So what if we weren't talking about a dog? What if we were talking about God? And if it wasn't just something in our imagination, what if he was actually here? I hope you can join me on a thrilling ride this week as we explore that beautiful sentence, God is here. So let's pray. Uh, dear God, you are here. Because of what Jesus did for us, you are not far away. You are right here in this room. We thank you for your presence. And now we pray for your spirit to help us believe that you are God. You're not something small. You're glorious and you're big and you're sufficient. You're enough for our hearts. Without you, God, we're only going to see the things that our eyes can see. And so we pray that you would enlighten our hearts, that we would believe that those three words are the most beautiful that you've ever spoken, that you, God, are here. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The other day, I asked my friend Katie, who would be the most exciting, thrilling, emotion-changing, heart-thumping person to walk into this room to be right here with us? And Katie, who's a Christian, she leaned in and she whispered, I'm supposed to say Jesus, right? <laughs> but then she paused and said, because if someone showed up with food, like if a guy came with sushi, oh, but wait, she said, I really love dolphins. Can a guy be riding a dolphin and have sushi in his hand? And I said, sure, Katie, a delivery man with sushi can be riding on a dolphin. And you should have seen her face. She was beaming with excitement and joy. Just the thought of that changed her heart. And you know, I kind of have the same problem as, as Katie. I, I believe in God. I know that Jesus is with me. I know it's a technical right answer. He should give me more peace, more joy, more rest, more happiness than anything else in this world. But sometimes it's the earthly things that get my heart going as opposed to the presence of God. I wonder if you have that, that same struggle too. I think a lot of you do because I've watched some of you during those church services. The times when the pastor stands up in front and he looks at you and he says, the Lord be with you. And what do you say back? And also with you. And your faces look like you're watching the world paint drying championships. <laughs> you know, wait, wait. The Lord is with us. God, the gracious, forgiving, accepting, beautiful Heavenly Father, He is with us. How, how could we say that with a straight face? You see, it's crazy to me that a Christian could go to a baseball game and, and catch like a flying sausage from a bratzuka and, and take pictures and put it on Instagram. But at the same time, hear that God is with us and, and it doesn't get to our hearts. And that's why my friend Katie, that's why I, that's, that's why all of us need to eavesdrop on the angels. Way back in the Old Testament, a prophet named Isaiah had this vision where he saw God. Like he, he realized better than any of us could that he was with the presence of God. And the angels shouted praising and, and singing. And I want to read you the passage that they sang. It says, They were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Now, the angel said, God is holy. Uh, it's kind of a, a fancy Bible word that means wonderfully different. Like God is exalted. God is better than anything in this earth. And they said the whole earth is full of his glory. So if you struggle to remember that, that it's not God that's here with a small g or just a capital G, but a big caps lock God, I want you to take the angel's advice and look for the glory of God that fills the whole earth. With every good game that you go to, every good sushi roll that you eat, Every time someone walks into the room, anytime anything is beautiful or impressive or creative or relaxing or peaceful or happiness-inducing, I just want you to pause and say, but God is better than this. God is more glorious than this. God is more beautiful than this. God is more forgiving than this. Let all the good things in this life 
trampling your heart until you say with the angels, God is holy, holy, holy. And then when I ask you the question, who would be the person that would change your heart, that would give you the most joy, you, you won't have to say, technically, Jesus. You will say with a smile on your face, God, God is here. And that means the world to me. So let's pray. Dear God, we pray that you would open our eyes to see you today. To listen to all those amazing words in the Bible that we should worship and praise and exalt and adore that we should acclaim you as Lord, that we should magnify you, that our soul should, should lift you up. God, before we repent of our sins, before we ask you for help, before we say your will be done, I, I pray that we could start here remembering who you are, that you're the God who knows everything, you're the God who can do anything. There's nothing we're facing that, that's too big for you because you're not a small God, you're God. And so we pray for that kind of spiritual vision. We pray that you would help us and we pray that you would be enough for us as we seek you with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. I still can remember her heartbreaking words. A woman from my church confessed, Pastor Mike, I feel like God is way up here and I'm way down here. and I'm, I'm reaching up, I'm trying to get to him, but I'm never good enough. And it was heartbreaking to hear that. Like, she, she was trying, she was coming to church, she was praying, she was confessing her sins, but she struggled so much with so many things she always felt like she fell so far short of God's approval, God's love, of God actually being here with us. Now this week I've been telling you about this sentence that can transform your heart. God, a big glorious God, is right here. But maybe some of you feel like that woman did. You feel like God is not here. Like, like God is there with, with those people who have better lives than you do, who improve faster than you do, who change and, and get past their sins instead of sitting in them day after day and year after year. Now, and maybe part of that belief is logical. The Bible does say in Isaiah 59, your sins have separated you from God. That's what sin does in relationships between people and, and with God. When we sin, we put this wedge and we, we drive people apart from each other. And so maybe you think about your sins and you wonder if because of them, God is separate and God is not here. Or maybe it's that one sin you just can't stop thinking about in, in your past, the, the thing that you did, the, the abortion that you had the one that you paid for, the addiction that you fell into, the thing that landed you in jail, the sexist jokes that you told, the things you said about people of other races, the, the assumptions you jumped to so quickly. You, you pause and, and you know more now and you become so ashamed of it that you think, God must be so disgusted, so distant from me. Or maybe it's something you're right in the middle of. You just can't get past that controlling behavior that when, when things get heated and emotional, you always have to get the last word why you keep score, why you can't love people who are not that loving in return, why you worry about finances day after day even though you know the promises of God. And you put all of it together, the past and the present, and you start to question that beautiful sentence, is God actually here? Well, if you wrestle with that, if something in your heart tells you that God is distant, he's not here with a person like you, I want to read some words from Jesus' friend Peter. In 1 Peter chapter 3, he writes these incredible words. He says, Christ suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. That one time on the cross, when righteous Jesus suffered for unrighteous people like us, he did it to bring you to God. So there would be no distance. So that every sin would be removed. So there would be no barrier pushing you and God apart. So I want to tell you this, with the authority of, of the word of God, what, whatever you've done, however much you struggle, what Jesus did was enough. 
enough that you can believe God is not just here to be disappointed, to shake his head, to shake his finger. Instead, God is here as a loving father with compassion in his eyes, a God who delights in you. So don't believe the lie. Don't let the devil convince you. Instead, believe that what Jesus did is true for you, that because of Jesus, God is here. Would you pray with me? Uh, dear Jesus, we pray against the devil today. He is the father of lies. He can't undo what you did at the cross, so he wants to make us think that it's not true for us. And so we pray today, God, a prayer of faith. We believe what you say, that you love the whole world that you sent Jesus, that you loved every single person, that you didn't forgive some sins, but Jesus said it is finished on the cross. God, your presence is the key to peace and happiness and joy that can't be touched. Don't let us be deceived to think that your presence is for other people but not for us. Help us to believe that amazing promise that you, the compassionate God, are right here with us. We pray it all in Jesus' name and for Jesus' sake. Amen. I suppose I shouldn't have cringed when I heard the 8th graders talking about the joy of heaven. You see, at our church, when our 8th graders finish their, their final year of grade school, we have a special celebration of their faith. And we talk about the grace of God, the forgiveness of sins, and we, we make a video of each 8th grader and they have to answer the question, what does your faith mean to you? And I sat in the back row and, and I listened to their response, what they thought faith was all about. And do you know what they said? Kid after kid, after kid, after kid, after kid, after kid, after kid. Almost every single kid gave the exact same answer. They said, my faith means that one day I'm going to be with God in heaven. And I wanted to say, and? <laughs> like, yes, amen, for all eternity we will be with God. That is such a joyful thing and we want to celebrate that. But, but faith is not just about the future. Faith is also about the present. I mean, Jesus did not live a perfect life and die on the cross for our sins and rise from the dead just so that one day we could be with God, but for now, it's just us. I mean, how terrifying would that be? If you had to face financial struggles and battle cancer and deal with uncertainty at your job, if you had to try to raise kids or, or go through this life knowing, hey, one day there's going to be a great glorious God with me, but today, it's just me. Now, instead, I was thinking about all those passages that don't talk about the future presence of God but his present presence, that God is here. And maybe you've heard of one of the most famous ones from Psalm 23. In Psalm 23, a king named David said, The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. It's an incredible line. Huh? He, lacked no he had everything he needed. Why? Well, jump to verse 4. He says, Even though I walk through the, the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. I'm not sure if you, if you love grammar, but you should. <laughs> That's an incredible verb. You are with me. God, I, I lack nothing. I, I don't fear anything. I'm going through the darkest valley. I'm in the shadow of death. My enemies surround me. My body rebels against me. But God, you are with me. My faith says that Jesus died to, to bring me into your presence. Right now, you are with me. I don't have to be afraid. And so I want to tell not just the 8th graders out there, but, but all of us, your faith means you're not waiting for God to be present. I know you can't see him just yet, like you will one day, but right now, God is here. Not a small God, but a compassionate, powerful, wise, loving, forgiving God. He is right here with you. He delights in you because of Jesus and he has the power to fix anything in your life that needs to be fixed. So let's remember, our faith is not a future thing. It's a present reality. God will not be here one day. By the blood of Jesus, God is here. So let's pray. Ah, dear God, you're right here in this room. 
I think of all my stresses, all, all my problems, the things I worry about, and they are so small compared to your glory. And so I pray that you would help me, that you would help all of us to, to know that, to remember that, and to believe that. To never fix our eyes on the problems that, that mess with our heart, instead to fix our eyes on Jesus, who is so glorious that he gives us peace. We pray for that peace, not because we deserve it, but because Jesus is good and because you're here. We pray this all in his beautiful name. Amen. Do you ever struggle with anxiety? I'm talking about that, that kind of anxiety where you really want people to like you. You're anxious, you're, you're nervous. Will people be impressed? Will they applaud you? Will they accept you? Will they think that your work is good enough? Will they think that, that you're good enough? I remember something that happened to me a few years ago where I should have been super anxious, but by the grace of God, I wasn't. I was about to actually present to the biggest audience of my entire career, about a thousand of my colleagues. But the Holy Spirit helped me remember, just before I stepped up on stage, something that changed my whole perspective. He reminded me, God is here. That I have this amazing Father who loves me. He doesn't make me work for his acceptance. He delights in me. He was right there in that room and, and whether I, I killed it or I bombed it, whether I embarrassed myself or people stood up and applauded, that same God would be waiting for me as soon as I was done. Man, I wish I could remember that. That was a, like the exception and, and not the rule for me, but, but I want it to be the rule. Just to remember, when I stand up before people, I don't have to live with the fear of people, what they think, how they judge. I, I get to live in the presence of God because of what Jesus did. And that's a message that so many of you need to hear. You, you don't have to be anxious. You might be facing a big project at work. You might be meeting maybe your future in-laws for the first time. You might have a, a new supervisor, a new manager. You might be at a new school. You might be in a new place, a new neighborhood. You're trying to meet people. You want to make a good impression. And that's great and we can work for it. But don't put your heart there. Instead, put your heart in the simple sentence, God is here. An accepting, loving, compassionate God is right here. I love how the Apostle Paul said it in Philippians chapter 4. In verse 6, he said, Don't be anxious about anything. About anything. Like, nothing you're facing. Don't be anxious about it. Which seems crazy, but do you know the words that Paul said right before that? He said, the Lord is near. God's not far away. This amazing God who can satisfy your heart, he's near. So, so don't be anxious. He says in verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. He says in verse 7, the peace of God will transcend all understanding. He says later on, you can learn the secret of being content. What does it all come down to? The simple life-changing sentence, God is here. He's not there. It's not that he will be here. It's not that some small God is here, but a big, beautiful God is here. Believe that and your life will not be the same. Let's pray. Uh, dear Father, we pray today that you could free us from the, the fear of needing people's approval. Uh, it's great when we have it. It's great to do work well. But Jesus, you died so that we wouldn't have to work to satisfy our hearts. That we could actually rest in your presence and in your promises. And so I pray today for all my brothers and sisters who are anxious, for all those who are so scared of their next presentation, their next exam, their next test. Help them to, to serve you with all their heart, to do their best, but to remember that at the end of the day, no matter what happens, no matter what people think, that you are still going to be here. I thank you, God, for that sentence, that promise that is changing lives all over the world. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for investing your limited time to grow in your faith with us. But could I ask you for one more favor? I'm sure you're itching to check out social media or go on to the next part of your day, but you could do a huge help for the kingdom of God if you would rate and review this podcast. 
Just taking a few seconds of your time will help other people define time of grace, which matters so much to us because we want people to hear about grace, to hear about Jesus, to hear about eternal life. So thanks for taking a little more time. We pray that God blesses you with a great day and we'll see you soon.